Welcome to the Taylor Careers Podcast. I'm Shannon Sanford, career and business strategist. I coach driven individuals how to find their calling through clarity and confidence coaching, along with the help of my wonderfully supportive network of professionals. My mission is to bridge the gap between the unknown, uncertainty, and unfulfillment into a passionately rewarding career. Whether you are struggling to choose the right path, thinking of transitioning into a new role, or are interested in personal development, this podcast is for you. Join me weekly as I interview a variety of professionals to hear their stories, gain expert advice and insights from these career-driven guests to help you position your future for success within your own personal journey to your tailored career. Hey, podcasters. Today, I have Barbara Burke joining me today to chat about her career in architecture. If you're listening and you're interested in either building, designing, or other careers within the architectural world, you'll definitely want to listen in. Barbara and I have known each other for quite some time. We actually go way back to our dancing days. We were both in competitive dance class together in high school and have recently reconnected when I moved back into the Rochester area, my hometown. So one of the reasons I was excited to bring on Barbara to this podcast was to allow our listeners to hear a female perspective on a traditionally male-dominated industry and really how she was able to thrive and have success within her career. So Barbara works as a project design lead for an architectural company and here to share her story is my friend Barbara. So thanks for joining me today. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, I've been, you know, it's 2020. So how has anyone been? Um, (laughs) It's been a year, that's for sure. Let's just jump right into it. I'd love to hear your story. So if you could share with our listeners and just kind of walk us through where you were in the beginning of your career, even before that, what was your thought process and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, Well, I was one of those people who did not always know what they wanted to be. So growing up, actually, I wanted to be like five different things. And when I got to high school, I I knew what my strengths were at that point. So I knew I enjoyed math and science and art. And um, I I saw architecture as kind of all of those kind of mishmashed together. I did not really have any actual direct exposure to architecture. I just thought it seemed kind of cool. And, um, you know, my counselors agreed and kind of steered me that way. So I, I did somewhat blindly um, kind of take that leap of faith into pursuing a career in architecture. So I began that path at Syracuse University. I was there for five years getting an accredited bachelor's of architecture. And during that time I studied abroad, I spent a year abroad um, between Florence, Italy, and London, and that was pretty life-changing. And no matter, you know, what industry you go into, if you have the opportunity to study abroad, I highly encourage it. And then from there, my last two years of school, I started interning, and it totally is about who you know. You know, they always talk about connections. So one of my close friends, her dad was golf buddies with president of this company, in Rochester. They're an architecture and engineering firm. And so I interviewed with the president of this company. It was slightly intimidating at the time. Wow. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) He was also a Syracuse alum. So it all, it was kind of serendipitous. And um, so I was brought on as an intern. So for two summers while I was finishing school, I was learning so much there and school was very different in my experience. So that was great exposure. Um, So uh, from there, it was kind of seamless. Um, When I was graduating college, I did put out 
feelers and had some other interviews and some other offers, but my best offer came from that firm in Rochester. So I ended up accepting that offer. I, I didn't have to re-interview or anything, so that was nice. That's good. <laughs> so a that plus. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were familiar with my work ethic and you know I knew the people there. So it was really nice. It was really seamless. And I really wasn't sure how long I would stay there, to be completely honest. When I was interning, there were very few women there and kind of um, you know, mostly kind of like middle-aged men. And not that there's, you know, anything especially wrong with that, but it just wasn't, I didn't see my demographic really represented. However, after I had graduated, there was a big shift and I'm, I'm pretty sure now, you know, seven and a half years later, I'm still there and it's probably close to a 50, 50 split of the year. So people working in architecture. So yeah, it's wonderful. Lots of, a lot of women, a lot of young people. It is an architecture and engineering firm. And I, I do think engineering has a little bit more catching up, at least um, in this you know, geographic area, I see, I still see a lot more men in, in the industry here, but so here I am still at the same firm, really enjoying it and working mostly in higher education projects. So things at colleges and universities, liturgical projects. So um, churches, synagogues, mosques, um, you name it, um, really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, that sounds so fascinating. I'm always just very intrigued in the industry because I honestly just don't know much. So a lot of industries such as architecture are just so intriguing to me because I love to hear new things and understand, you know, I look at buildings and I always see potential in them. You know, I think it's like a lot of older buildings. I look at them and I'm like, oh, you could see where it was, you know, in the fifties and it was thriving and now it's a little bit more run down. So to me, that's, that's always interesting. How do you kind of have revitalization and then where does newness come in and, and all of that. So it's definitely, for me at least, it's an interesting, interesting industry. <laughs> so kind of going into a day in the life, what does that look like for you as a project designer? Yeah, one of the things that I really appreciate about my job is that I don't think there is a typical day. It really changes depending on the project and the phase of the project. So I think there's a bit of a misconception about architects that, you know, we design something and then, you know, our part's kind of done and we walk away. But we are involved from the very, very beginning. So if I'm on a project that's just starting up, we meet with clients and ask a million questions. We want to fully understand what they want out of their project, what their needs are, what their wants are. And we get a lot of, you know, if they have data, for instance, at a, a college or university, we'll collect and analyze their class schedules. And we'll figure out their utilization. So maybe, you know, part of what they were imagining, maybe it's not totally necessary and we can reconfigure what they already have or change some scheduling and then their spaces will suddenly um, be better utilized. Or, you know, by rearranging some things, the flow will just be more efficient. So there are a lot of different angles that we view a project initially. Once we've gathered all of that information and met with all of the key stakeholders. So in this example of a, a school, we'll have focus groups with students, you know, not just faculty and staff. We want you know, the end users input as yeah. well. So after all of that data is collected, we kind of um, will go into a phase called schematic design. So that is where we begin to sketch out some loose diagrams, show what things might be next to what other things, um, talk about flow and all of that. And it just gets more and more defined from there, but it's so many iterations, um, a lot of communication with clients. So after we found a general layout that works for them, then we start to define it a little further and we'll bring in all of our engineering trades. So we have civil engineers who work on the site. 
We have mechanical, electrical, and plumbing engineers and structural engineers, and it's just a ton of coordination with them. We wanna make sure that we're designing spaces that work um, on all levels. So, you know, integrating spaces for equipment and making sure that it doesn't fall down, that's pretty critical right. as well. So, um, so after that stage, then once everyone's feeling good about the direction of the project, then we take it into direction documents. And that's the real nitty gritty drawing, you know, the detail of how certain layers of materials are connected. So that is, it's a very intensive process. We use largely um, a program called Revit and all of those aforementioned uh, traits can kind of work out of the same file. So it's a really cohesive model and we take all of our drawings from that. So, you know, in that, in that phase, my job is, you know, sitting at a computer all day working on these drawings, but then following phases. So after the construction documents are done, then we go into bidding. So that is where the contractors um, associate a cost to the project. And depending on how that number comes back, if it's um, within our budget, then it's great to move ahead into construction. But if it's over budget, sometimes you have to go through a process called value engineering, which um, where we try to make the project more affordable without sacrificing quality. That's the goal at least. Right. So after, you know, rounds of that, um, when we're back within our budget, then we can move into construction. So we do see construction all the way through to the very end. So during construction, we'll have weekly or biweekly meetings with the owners and the contractors, and those will be on site. So we are walking through the job site constantly and, you know, noting anything that maybe doesn't look quite right and fielding questions. There are always, always, always inevitably questions <laughs> during construction. Sure. Um, especially when there are some unforeseen mm -hmm. conditions. So, you know, you were mentioning older buildings and that's a great example. So if we're doing an addition or renovation to an older project, you know, sometimes we don't have the existing drawings and sometimes maybe we have them, but they're not very good. So when you knock a wall down, it could be a surprise. <laughs> you know, this is not at all what we expected. Right. So, so yeah, it's a, a pretty constant process during that time. See it all the way through. And then when the contractor thinks they're pretty, pretty much done, we walk through, we take a pass and we do what's called a punch list. So we'll note anything that, um, a lot of times, you know, the, the different construction trades come through in a certain order and things can get banged up, scraped, or, you know, things like that. So we'll note anything that doesn't look quite right. They take a final pass, fix it up, and then the project's complete. Awesome. I mean, obviously within project management, you're going to have a lot of back and forth, but just some things that I'm hearing is there's a lot of adaptability and having like resilience just to kind of like keep up and go with the flow, but also stick to your, not necessarily original plan, but stick to the goal, the end goal of, of what you're trying to get at. Um, and another thing too is coordination and communication with a lot of different touch points and people in different areas to be cohesive and continue on this project journey together. I'm sure that's at times could be difficult. 
I know I experienced that, you know, in my buyer role, working with so many different people and trying to, you know, collectively all just have the end goal, right? The customers at the end of the day, who you're trying to please and, you know, have, have success with. So, all right. So going into another question here, what do you find most enjoyable about your career? I personally really enjoy design. So I love those early stages before it's really fully defined and we can be really loose with our ideas and, you know, sketchy. And um, that is a really exciting phase to me. And then trying to um, kind of mesh that with the the project intent. And yeah, I, I think what you were saying just now, it totally hits the nail on the head. A lot of architecture is creative problem solving. You know, it's not math, mm-hmm. it's not art, it's not science. It's not, you know, any one of those things that you do in high school. It's just, it's problem solving. And you, tr- you try to think outside the box as much as possible and hopefully surprise your, your clients with something unique, you know, that, that meets all of their needs. No, I love that. I think that's a good depiction of what to expect when you're going into a career such as architecture or project design is a little bit of creative, but a little bit of problem solving and mesh it together and just try to figure it out. So what major challenges now, you know, we could talk about 2020 all day long, craziness of the year that it was, but what major challenges in your opinion within your role have you faced this year and how have you been able to overcome them? Um, well, 2020, yeah, it threw us some curveballs. I think, um, you know, we've been, I've been lucky enough to be working totally virtually from home. So we had to come up with some pretty innovative ways to collaborate as, as was everyone, but once to, you know, sitting around a table with rolls of trace paper and sketching ideas, we just don't have that kind of environment at the moment. So we've gotten creative, you know, we use in Zoom, the annotate tools and being able to share screens is really helpful. And actually in client meetings, it's nice to be able to just show them a window directly into our software. Um, we're not printing out, you know, packets for every meeting, which is nice. But in general, um, you know, in a, a typical year, I'd say one of the biggest challenges is just that there's an endless amount to know. Um, it can be somewhat overwhelming. The industry is constantly changing. And there's always new, you know, innovation and technology, and it's it's a lot to keep up with. But you know, on the other side of that coin, I know I will never be bored of my job ever. There's just too much out there to learn. So you know, I I do I enjoy the challenges. <laughs> no, that's amazing, and I'm sure I can just picture right now. I don't even know laws and regulations of building codes and all of that, but that's just flying through my mind of things that could be ever changing, you know, as technology progresses and as, you know, things just kind of progress in the community. So I can, I can imagine that being difficult to keep up with constantly. I'm sure there's lots of training that's surrounded and involved with that as well. So they, New York state just released 2020 codes. And um, so that overrules, you know, everything prior to that. So you think you kind of know and understand the code and you're just starting to feel comfortable. And then the next version drops. So it's always, you're always referencing it no matter what, you know, even our code experts are constantly referencing the code books. All right. So in your opinion, what personality traits or characteristics really make for a good project designer? Absolutely. Communication. That's probably number one. And it's interesting because there are so many personality styles that I work with and everyone's kind of found 
own niche. You know, if you are someone who really wants to sit at your desk and draft, and there are a lot of people who that is, you know, they want that steady kind of workflow and they are really, really good drafters. Then we have some other people who are, you know, really outgoing and they like to be around people and they are a great face to clients. I think if you, if you are interested in this field, you can tailor your career to, you know, what your own personal strengths are, but everyone has to be a good communicator. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And it's funny that I have, I've done several interviews now and I ask this question to almost everyone because I love to hear what they have to say. And one of the interesting pieces of this question is almost every single person says communication, which yeah, from like a broad scheme of things, you're like, okay, yeah, everyone has to have communication. But then when you really break it down and understand how important that is, how clear, concise, being direct, being, if you're, you know, sending emails or if you're having phone conversations, the complexity and also the time frame, you know, like there's communication is so incredibly important to so many different roles and, and opportunities. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> it just kind of rounds in my point. Yeah, well, it's, it's- <laughs> Yes. Is there a tip or piece of advice you could give someone that is looking possibly in this career or field of architecture? Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. (laughs) Google especially has a, a reputation for being just really tough. And that's, it's just because, you know, in school you'll have a, a studio class and, that's it's very intensive and you'll be asked to produce drawings and models and you know ideas and a lot of iterations of these ideas and you don't always have a lot of time to do that so notoriously architecture students are pulling all-nighters so you know it really has to be something that you're passionate about and that you enjoy i will also say that architecture schools you know the the pedagogies are are different depending on which school you attend so Syracuse University, for instance, they're more conceptual and design oriented. So, you know, other local schools, Cornell is very much the same. UB is is kind of similar as well. And then you have, you know, tech schools and I think more of a practical approach. They're not, um, you know, as heavy in design. So like Alfred State, a a bunch of my coworkers graduated from Alfred State. Um, So the degrees are a little bit different. Some schools are accredited, some aren't. Um, All that means really is that when you go to get licensed, it's a a shorter wait time to get licensed if you went to an accredited school. Okay. So yeah, all things to consider. Yeah. Great points. Definitely things that I didn't even know. So, (laughs) all right. And then last question, I love to ask this to everyone. If you could choose any other career, what would it be and why? You know, I love, I love to travel. And photography is a fun hobby of mine, but you know, if National Geographic were to knock on my door and be like, Hey, do you want to come work for us? I would definitely go. Absolutely. (laughs) Just so such an interesting job to get to like really delve into a, a subject and take photos and write articles. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. That sounds like a dream, honestly, just to go around and travel and get paid and take pretty pictures and get paid for it. So that's That sounds pretty great. I hope that happens one day for you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I love to have conversations with people that truly love and enjoy their job, but it seems like you honestly do. So thank you again for hopping on and give some of our listeners just some tidbits and 
understand a little bit more about the industry. So I really appreciate your time and thanks for hopping on. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap for today's interview. I hope you were encouraged today and learned something new in this conversation. Check out more episodes on the Tailored Careers podcast, where we deep dive into a variety of jobs each week by chatting with carefully selected experts in their field. I encourage all of you to listen to a career or industry you are unfamiliar with. You just never know what may spark your interest or inspire you. Feel free to check out more insights and inspiration on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at at Tailored Careers. As always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inspired, my friends.